There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. Literally just looked over to the right of the room that I'm sitting in, which is my sitting room, and there's like a curtain lump that's moving, and Luna is hiding behind it whilst we record this. So if you hear any squeaks or any noises, that's why. Uh, do you know what I've done? I've put Easter eggs in my kids' porridge to keep them quiet downstairs. Oh, seriously, Luna, you're not allowed to squeak. That wasn't and that wasn't code for you to start squeaking. Oh, uh, mate, that would really be great if I'd actually gone to the supermarket and bought any porridge. But guess what? We've only got Cheerios. I'm failing as a mum this week. I'm not going to lie. No, you're not. I feel like Easter holidays is so... It's, it's tricky. We're not used to it, are we? Like, we're not used to having to I don't know entertain kids when yeah. there's nothing really to do I mean there is now obviously this the last week it's been you know a little bit different yeah but it's quite hard. it's a lot I think if you've got more than more than one one child you know at different ages I think yeah. you know that's when it starts to become kind of like you know brushing your teeth whilst eating biscuits it's like you know, you just mm. can't ever get to a point where you're like, okay, everything's calm for a second because they're either bickering or fighting or arguing about toys or one wants to do one activity and one wants to do the other one. One's hungry, one needs a wee, one's done a poo. It's like you just can never, ever, ever for a second. It's like the hardest 14-hour shift that you've ever done in your whole entire life. Um, yeah, I think last week know, was a particularly yeah. bad week for me. I feel I feel a bit better the last couple of days. But um, yeah, and I think that's fine. That's parenting, isn't it? Like it can't all be yeah roses and bunny rabbits like it just doesn't exist no 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 no, of course not and also I think we both say as well we know that we're better parents when we have space I'm a better wife when I have space from James Mm. so obviously I'm going to be a better parent when I have space from the kids Mm. um because I think you get like that like energy don't you back again like I don't know I like look back to when Axel was little and obviously I I just had Axel but yeah I would be at work Monday to Thursday and then by Friday I'd be really pumped like really excited to see him yes and like do something um but when it's like seven <laughs> seven days a week I feel yeah. like oh, gosh this is really hard so like anyone out there who is you know is doing this seven days a week yeah. wow like wow it's so hard it's so hard I can't even like every single morning how hard 
It is. I have like a pep talk to myself, like I'm starting in the NBA or like, you know, like <laughs> coming out to play some big football match. And I'm like, right, you're in the bathroom. I'm like, right, today, I'm not going to be shouty mum. I'm not going to be snappy mum. I'm not going to swear under my breath. I'm not going to do the birdie sign at my children behind their backs as they walk <laughs> off. Like, I'm just going to be really, really perfect. And then literally by 8 a.m., I'm like, right, enough. Stop arguing. Give me that. Give me that. Give, you know what I mean? Like, then I have to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to channel my inner Caroline Britton and take deep breaths breaths and just stay yeah. very very calm I think calmness Absolutely. is key Absolutely, no it is it really is and also do you know what that kind of leads leads us into <laughs> the chat we're going to have today because we put all of this extra stuff on ourselves as well you know like mm. we want to be the perfect parent and then you know we see things in the news about boys and how how you know they've been conditioned to think in a certain way and then you suddenly think oh god I've yeah. got to think about that as well you know I've got to think about everything I say and yeah. everything I do having an impact on them and mm. Gosh, it is a minefield. I think, you know, there is, as, as you just touched on, there is so much in the press at the moment about um, about men and about yeah. what's going on in the world. And, you know, there's been a lot of conversations that have been had over the last couple of months, um, like you said, about all the social biases and the way that they've been conditioned and the things that have happened. And, you know, and we are raising boys. So we really wanted to have a conversation around um, the whole kind of process of raising a man and, you know, and also how we communicate with the men in our life. Now, if you were in a yeah. um, same-sex, relationship and you don't have a son then you know you, you might be able to apply this to a father or a brother or an uncle or somebody a best yeah. friend in your life because we, we we also touch on um our relationships and how you know men are from um mars and women are from venus is that the right way around i don't know but we're on different fucking diff- planets, different planets yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we really wanted to get somebody very special in this space to talk about it so who are we chatting to today g Today, we are chatting to the Naked Professor, a.k.a. Ben Bidwell. So today, always a really lovely moment when we get somebody on the podcast um, that we've been dying to sit down with. But today's got a sort of added kick to it because this person is very, very special in my life. Uh, My best friend, actually, in the entire universe, somebody that I speak to on the phone pretty much every single day for sometimes hours on end. He can't get rid of me. Um, Mental health speaker, founder of HeartSpace, which is an app where people can connect and have real conversations. Uh, Mindset coach, someone who strips the masks of men's masculinity, all round legend as I said, my best mate. Today we are chatting uh, about raising boys to Ben Bidwell, aka the Naked Professor. Yay! Oh, thank you, thank you. Honestly, I, this is, from the bottom of my heart, the most excited I've ever been to do a podcast for many Aww. reasons. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I'm, I'm, I, I'm just happy to be here. I really, really am. Oh, we're really excited to chat to you because Zoe and I, over the last few weeks, have had so many conversations about raising our boys and what the hell are we supposed to be doing and particularly like the conversations we have with like James and Dozer because they have one view we have another and we're like <laughs> so we need the middleman we we need you we need you to help us and do you know what I, that's what I really want to be is 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 a middleman because I think actually starting from this place I think men have missed the middleman themselves we've gone all in on a certain way of being and we've missed this balance of actually being all of who we can be, you know, that which is embracing some of the feminine, which is softening into to the softer parts of us that live inside of us that we've been denied by society and saying that we shouldn't be this way. So I really hope that I can be a man who does stand up and, and represents still men and, and, and kind of appears despite the long locks and the, you know, the feminine appearance that's shining through now. I can still be a man who can speak the man's language, who's been on the man's journey. 
but with a bit of softness and understanding that we can have some balance too. I mean, there's so many things that we want to talk to you about. And in my head now, I'm like, where do we start? But I think a really good place to start is your journey that has led you to where you are now, because it hasn't always been this way for you, has it? No, like for 30 years, I was I was just desperate to be the man's man. You know, I was going all in on what a man should be, um, which in my in my perception, no one taught me this, but what I saw in society was that I had to be strong, tough, brave, unemotional, um, and just, you know, all that typical masculine energy. I grew up in the 80s seeing Arnie and Sylvester Stallone and Rambo and Terminator. And I quickly built up this, this perspective that if I was to thrive, if I was to really succeed as a man, then I had to be all of those things. And my truth is that, that I've started to learn over the last 10 years um, is that my mum was a nurse. So you know her and she's very soft and sensitive and kind and loving and all those beautiful feminine energy traits. Um, and I had them in me, definitely. They were always there, but it's just society said, no, Ben, if, you, if you're going to show that, then you're more likely to be the one who's bullied, you know? And uh, that's not the path to success if you want to be a man in this world. So I just buried that side of me. You know, I went, I went all in on trying to be the man that I thought I should be. And, um, you know, it took, ticked a lot of boxes. I did quite a good job of it. You know, so you've known me all the way, all the way through, well, not all the way through, but for, for part of it, you know, I did tick boxes and there were girls and there were parties and there was this masculine perception and I managed to sort of grow some muscles and do all that stuff that made me look like a man, you know, and played macho sports and did this stuff. But that was never all of my truth and there was always something missing. And over the last 10 years, for me, my journey has been about softening and uncovering all aspects of who I am and not losing that masculine part, not losing the strength and the toughness and being brave, but adding in the kindness and the softness and the love and the empathy that makes me a human being as opposed to just a man or a woman, but makes me a human being. So, um, and I feel much more complete and alive and fulfilled in myself as a result of allowing myself to be that. And do you remember like, you know, going way back when, I guess when you felt like you had to squash those feelings? Because, you know, I've got a, well, coming up five-year-old boy and he's always been quite emotional and um, pretty sensitive, I'd say. But I definitely noticed that in front of people, he is very much, he wouldn't cry. You know, he if he falls over and we're with a crowd, he's, <gasps> I'm fine. But if we're at home and he falls over, it's completely different. And I just, I just wondered if you remember having that kind of thing where you could, you could cry with your mum maybe, but you couldn't in front of your schoolmates. I think this is why we're having the conversation for me. You just summed it up in, in just that. And, and yes, <laughs> yeah, I totally do. There are so many mums. I tr- every mum sees the beauty, the softness, the loving, the sensitivity, the kindness in their little boy's hearts from a young age. And then around four, I know hormones do change at four in, in boys, around four, five, six, seven, and then all the way until we get to teenager where it's this point where we look at them and then we're going, what's happened to my little boy? I know he's so he's got that sensitivity. I know when he's with me in this capacity, he can be like this. But when he's out there doing that, he's being this. And now he's bringing that home as well. And I'm losing his truth. I'm losing who he once was. And yeah, absolutely, for sure. I remember my experience as a little boy. I remember there were times when I think maybe like sort of seven, eight, nine, ten, those sort of ages as these, these messages were starting to filter through. I remember actually feigning like a couple of injuries at home because I seeked my mum's love and I just wanted mm. to be held and to be to have some of her empathy and some of her kindness in a world that taught me that I shouldn't have that anymore. 
I shouldn't have that. You know, I remember crying when, when she left me at the, sk- at the gates to school and that being really bad and wrong. And I, in something inside of me, was like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this, Ben, but you're just really sad, but you shouldn't, you shouldn't. And all of that was happening as, as we open our eyes to the world. It's unraveling in front of us unconsciously. But this is, this is the path that we're taking on. It's really interesting, isn't it? Because there's such a fine line there. And for me, um, we, 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 you know, we live in a house where if, if one of the kids falls over and bumps themselves, we go, right, come on, get up, get on with it. And I would be more of the person to go over and be like, oh, have you hurt your knee? And giving him a rub. And both, you know, both Luna, Kit and Isla, it's the same for them. Whereas Dozza's more like, right, no, come on up, get on with it. It's fine. You're, you're fine. You're fine. And I'm wondering in my head if that's to do with resilience and wanting to build strong people, you know, regardless, male, female, just strong people to be able to, there's going to be situations where you fall over that you're going to be able to, you're going to have to get up and just get on with it. Or whether it's to do with something to do with the sexes, whether it's like, you know, when Kit falls over, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't show him any empathy in terms of like, he's just like, if he, you know, obviously if he's really hurt, there's, that's different. But if he's just gone over, you know, whereas with the girls, he would be probably a little bit softer. So I always find that quite interesting because what is going on there? Are we just saying that if you're a man or if you're male, you can't really hurt yourself and you, and you definitely won't get a cuddle at the end of it. It's really weird. We live in a society that that does present this picture that it is better for boys to be strong and tough, right? That's how they are going to thrive still. It's good to be ruthless in business. You've got to make stuff happen and you can't have sensitivity. And if you're soft, people will take advantage of you as a man. You know, it's And we live in a, in a world that does celebrate this masculine energy. It's about doing, isn't it? What are you achieving? Everything. So there isn't time to feel sorry for yourself, to be like, oh, it hurts. I can't do this. It's like, no, you get on and off you go. Um, but there is a little bit more forgiveness in, in with girls, right? The girls, it is, it's okay to experience that. And that, that is one of the challenges that I think boys do, uh, boys have, is that we aren't allowed to express our emotions right from that young age. And so you just said it like unconsciously from our parents. And it comes from a good, loving place in that sure. wanting the best for them. I want, I want Kit to thrive as a man, so I'm going to teach him to be tough. But it, it is teaching us that, hmm, it's not, it's not okay to, to, to embrace our emotions. And we take that with us everywhere. And we can't expect uh, boys to be really soft and loving and, and very open to deep connection if we're also teaching them that they can't experience pain. Like that, that's yeah. not how it works with emotions. You, you experience the spectrum. I guess it is like Zoe was saying, it's a fine line, isn't it? Because you do like, you know, some days, I don't know, even Axel or Gigi, either of them, I feel like they're whinging for no reason and you don't want to be like, oh, are you okay to every single thing? Because then it becomes an attention thing, right? But but then on the flip side, you don't want to just ignore it. So it's... I, I find it tricky to know when to jump in and, you know, and be like loving and caring or when to just kind of be like, okay, <laughs> okay, enough now. <laughs> like, yeah. There's that balance because you don't want them to turn into like, yeah, like crying, whingy, you know, older kids that cry at anything. Yeah, it's resilience. But it's resilience yeah, is what we're saying. It's, it's about resilience. Yeah. It's exactly the same comment. It's about being able yeah. to be able to get up and get on with it, but also be able to show your truth. And if they're feeling sad about something, regardless of whether it's physical is a physical thing or it's an emotional thing, they have to be able to have the space, you know, male or female, to be able to come to their parents and their friends and say, I'm hurting. But I think yeah. with, with with boys, we're less we're less encouraging of that for some reason. And that is to do with society and that, uh, and that social bias that we're, we're trying to, well, Ben's trying to change. 
Yeah. So then how do we do that? How how do we find the right balance? This is what I'm trying to say is like, when do you put, you know, where, where do you draw the line and be like, no, you're actually just whinging and you're being like, uh, you, you're, too, you're going too far here. And when do you be like, no, okay, you really are upset. Because that's what I, do, I find really tricky. That's, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? And it's, it's, I think with so much of this, is that it's grey areas. There's no definitive like right or wrong each time because each situation is slightly different, right? But what I would say, and, that, and I apply this to life, and I think this is going to be a big part of the whole conversation. This is not just necessarily um, about boys, but it's about human beings. And uh, for me, the balance comes in that it's, it's great to allow emotions to be felt. You know, it's, we, we, we've got to welcome emotions. But there can also be, a, be a, a, a balance to this in terms of chemically, an emotion lasts in our body approximately 90 seconds. Now, of course, sometimes, you know, things like grief and stuff that you don't just feel sad because you've lost someone for 90 seconds and then you're over it and it's done. But as a chemical reaction, we, we don't understand emotions and we think that we carry the label of them. So it's okay for our son to hurt himself, for us to be there, to, to let them express their emotion, to, to, to feel it. And then move on. And that, that's done now. And it's okay not to stay, like you're saying, whinging yeah. in the moment. And But it still hurts. It's like, I get it, but we can, we, now we can move on. You know, it's okay. We're not defined by that experience. And we're not just because we had a moment that made us cry. We don't need to hold them in that space forever. It's like, let them feel it. Now we move on. I mean, seriously, for everybody that's listening, I've got three kids at home on my own. Doz has gone to Cornwall on a site visit and I've got kids coming in going, I want some toast. I want this. I'm like, I just want to have a conversation. Can I not just, but no, <laughs> you can't apparently. So here I am, I'm back now. I wanted to just ask Ben about um, about his childhood because you grew up with two boys, two other, two older brothers. You were the youngest. And I know that there were so many amazing positives to come out of your childhood. I know your parents, they're amazing. Um, but there was quite a lot of failing and I know this isn't a blame situation at all um, but can you just kind of talk to us about what you think your parents did right and what they did wrong in terms of raising you as a boy yeah for sure and, and that, like yeah that that word failings could be triggering I can imagine if my mom listens to this she'd be like oh that like so hard but every parent is going to fail like yeah. I think that's the fact you know that, that I don't know your message throughout but I'm sure it's it's that like we are as mm. human beings we are going to fail and that is not a a detriment to anyone it's it's life um they my parents absolutely did the best with what they knew and um i guess a big part of my childhood was growing up as the youngest child um in terms of just they, my, my brothers were six and eight years older and just sitting around the dinner table the main thing that i remember is just always feeling less than you know whatever i was achieving and this is not anyone's fault either this is this is the kind of the psychology of the human experience uh whatever i was achieving my brothers had already achieved it and they were now doing something way more interesting and everyone was kind of over what i was doing a little bit and and more interested in what they were doing which maybe it was just my perception i'm sure it wasn't the truth but that's what i felt um so that that impacted me a lot growing up i was like i i carried a belief from as early as i can remember that i wasn't good enough i was less valued than than than, than other people um just naturally ingrained in my in my psyche um one thing that I, from, from my parents' perspective, again, this ties in in a similar kind of way is that maybe as the youngest, my mum was super protective of me. She loved me so much. She didn't, she really never wanted me to, to see me fail. Still to this day, she doesn't want to. So she would rather that I aimed for the roof and reached the roof, the aim for the stars and didn't, and, and or aimed mm -hmm. for the moon and reached the stars. So it's always that aim really low and then you won't be sad. You know, it would be, it'd be okay. And, you know, that's definitely had an impact on me growing up massively as well. In that I, I, I really restrict in what I go for. I'm very, I'm very afraid of 
don't don't go for it like just 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 protect yourself you know be 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 yeah. sort of safe with it don't don't and if we're okay with with like being resilient and like hey i can go for it and then if i fail it doesn't matter then that's freedom for me you know and do you think that was to do with the fact that you're a boy or do you think that was to do with the fact that you were the youngest and she was trying to protect you because i think it's, it's the fact i had a, a loving mum who cared about me right yeah, and yeah. She just, but there's a, but sometimes love is the opposite to what it feels like, right? Sometimes love would have been for like, Ben, go do this. You might knowing that I'll fail, but knowing that I actually grow from that experience. Sometimes that's love too, right? Yeah. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it is overwhelming. It is overwhelming. I think everything that's happened recently in the press with the Sarah Everard case has brought up a lot of, this might be quite jarring for a lot of people, has brought up quite a lot of stuff about, um, you know, men, really. And I know I have some men in my life who felt um, obviously incredibly sad and devastated about what happened, but also there was an element of feeling quite victimised and that all men were being put in, in one box. And there was that thing going yeah. around saying, um, protect your daughters, educate your sons. So this is a big conversation. Um, where do we start? <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? Just to add to that as well, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on at the moment, isn't there? I can't remember what the campaign's called, but it's it was set up by uh, some girls in Paris and it's basically all about, you know, things that have happened at parties in their teenage years. A guy's, you know, touched touch them at a party or whatever I was actually talking to my mum about this I've got cousins who are in their early 20s and she's like oh, what you know what if someone comes out and says that he touched them at a party and he was only 15 and he didn't you know he didn't know any better but it's like oh it it's a minefield destroy because lives. It, mm. yeah it can destroy lives and I think it it, there is there's this there's this eye on men as blaming men blaming men blaming men and for me I think as a teenager I was probably just as bad as the boys were you know like it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't just the boys it was the girls as well but like you say so at the moment it does feel like men are the bad ones um and it's how we bring up our boys to to make sure that I never guess. happens to them. Yeah, to make sure that doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen and they're not in a place that that happens. Yeah, I um, I, I, I totally hear you. I think that the, the overriding thing that we have to remember is that the stats show that men cause so much destruction. You know that, that we yeah. like it's it, we we can't hide from that, and we also can't hide from the fact that that you know the majority of suicide, three and four suicides, are, are men too. You know, and I, oh, it's it's quite a triggering trait, but you know, hurt people hurt people. And, and men are in pain and we don't want to admit it because it's not manly. You know, the, the, the number one shame trigger for a man is to feel weak. And if we're in pain, that's, that's a sign of weakness, right? Um, so for me, like at the very, in terms of your question at the very beginning, like where do we start with this? It really, really starts. We've kind of talked about this already, but it really starts at the very beginning in allowing men to, to be able to experience emotions and express emotions and for it not to be unmanly because suppressed emotions come out in unhealthy ways and a lack of self-expression will come out in unhealthy ways a lack of creativity comes out in unhealthy ways and we're teaching men to live in a very unhealthy way and then and then blaming them for behaving badly when they are just a build-up of so much of what society has taught them wrongly and so i, I i'm with you both of you in, in, in that i don't i have to acknowledge that men are a cause of destruction do i blame them uh, I, I can't blame them. I've done talks in, in, in prisons. I've done um, all sorts of rehabilitation work with men where I've seen tough guys, gang members, ex-sportsmen, people who, ex-policemen, people who have lived as warriors all their lives. 
and I've felt their pain and I've seen them soften and show their hearts or be allowed to finally show their hearts. And their hearts were always there. It's just they lived in a world that said that they shouldn't show their hearts. So it's for me, it's starting at the very, at the very beginning in allowing men to be all of who they are as a human being, which is an emotion. Like emotions are not a, a feminine, masculine thing. Emotions are a human experience. But we've changed that perception over the years and said it's men shouldn't be like that. So it really starts with that. And if, like no man who is connected to their heart, who's connected to, to, to like truly integrated into all of who they are, they're not the men who are out there causing the violence and the destruction. They're yeah. not. It's the ones who are in pain, who are disconnected to their truth, who are lost in the, in, the, in the journey that society takes them on, for me, in my opinion. We'll be right back after the short break. So welcome back, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? And that starts at home with us. And I think that's why we feel the pressure as parents yeah. to get it to get it right. Um, and I think we talked, we touched on the sort of social bias. And uh, an example of this happened the other day where um, we don't really have like a pink blue policy in our house. And actually, I, I find it really old fashioned when I hear, you know, people, uh, people sort of saying, oh, you know, my, you like the blue one, don't you? Oh, but what's your favourite? Is your favourite the Barbie and the pink one? And talking to a girl and I'm like, it, I mean, they should just be able to wear what they want, whichever colour they choose and play which, with, with whichever toys they want to play with, regardless of whether it's Transformers or Barbies. But um, as parents it, or as a society, it, it's already ingrained in us to have these social biases. Um, we, we didn't have any wellies for Kit the other day and um, he was like, I'll just wear Luna's pink ones. And I was like, yeah, pink sparkly wellies, off we go. And we were on this walk and this older guy who was probably in his 60s was like, oh, pink sparkly wellies, what's happened to your blue ones? Like he was a complete stranger that said this. Oh and I was like, gosh. no, no, he chooses to wear pink sparkly wellies. And yeah. then there was a part of me that was like, oh my God, are people looking at my son and making a judgment on him because of his pink sparkly wellies? Pink sparkly, yeah. It's really yeah. weird what happened to me as a result of that encounter. 
I get all the time and actually it, it it annoys Axel now. So he's got long hair and it's even longer because of lockdown. He likes it like that, fine. Yeah. But whenever we're out, someone's always like, oh, how, how old is she? She, she, right? All the time. And we always don't, I mean, I don't even correct people. I'm just like, oh, whatever, it doesn't really bother me. But he keeps going, why does... Why do people keep calling me she? Why do people keep calling me she? And he's friends with a girl that gets called he all the time, right? Right. And she has taken it to a new level. She's like, you shouldn't refer to people as that because they might be offended. Like she actually acts out because wow. it, it, I think even they're only, they're four and five, you know, but from obviously a very young age, they've, they're used to it. I mean, it happens to us on a daily basis. Someone calls Axel she. So it, it keeps, it's obviously he's taking it on and taking it on and yeah. taking it on mm. and he hasn't got to the point where he's like stop it stop calling me sheep but you know his friend has and I just think it's society what? not even look at, I understand what you're saying George because people are making an assumption about the sex of a child just by looking at the fact that they've got long hair because girls should have long hair and boys should have short hair yeah, but it's no. also what that triggers. Yeah, like, what, sure. He, what does that trigger? Because Axel then think does it then make him try and act more manly because people are calling him she. Like I feel that, that that's what happens. You know, in public he wants to be really fast and do all those. Yeah, yeah, and almost show people. Okay, I've got long hair, but I want to. You know, I am really brave and I am all these things. I just think it's a weird. It's just weird. It's just a weird. I don't know, way that we are. Just call it, I don't know. It's so interesting. And, and do you know where it, where, where it leads me to in, in this space is that what if, what if we lived in a world that we could teach our kids it doesn't matter if we are called he or she? And I don't mean that wrongly, but, but if we can take away the perception that either are bad, that it's okay for either of your sons to be, to, for someone to say she, and it doesn't, it's just like, oh, that's just, you know, what people like, whatever. It just doesn't, it's like, because mm-hmm. then like, like you say, exactly I can imagine is like, if, if he, if he is creating an understanding that it's wrong for him to be called a girl and he could get bullied and teased and ostracized for that, he's going to go all in on the other way and be like, yeah. I'll show you how much of a man I am. Cause I don't want that pain inside of me of that kind of label. So I'm going all in and that, that's, e- that's easily the types of things that happen. But if you could, ingrain in him and allow him to understand it doesn't matter if someone calls you a girl it's just that's just their 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 the perception of the their their whatever and and also it's like the other thing i think is that we also not that you were but i don't think that we can judge the old school for judging our kids in terms of like oh pink and blue because that's been so ingrained in this this is the whole thing that's been ingrained in them they didn't sort of think i'm going to start judging people on what color clothing they're going to wear they're just following society's rules themselves unconsciously. But it's hopefully in like conversations like this that people, we are creating a new breed now, people who are listening and realising actually like things can be different now. I don't need to have got these ingrained biases and, and built in me and I don't want to play by those rules anymore. I just yeah. want to be fluid and allow and just allow. And yeah, that's the key for me in this. Allow. Yeah, and um, we 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 are obviously married to two um, sportsmen, one one ex, one still playing, and in this very alpha environment where they've got the locker room banter going on, and uh, and some of the things that I you know I hear or overhear, you know, I I really don't want Kit to grow up in a world where you have to be masculine if you're playing rugby and getting bashed up and, you know, lads banter in the, in the changing room. And I mean, that's fine if, if that is one side of him, but I also want him to know that 
he has to be able to communicate and there has to be that love in his heart and the openness and the warmth and that, that feminine energy. Um, so we're, we're really, really, we're, we're talking about it a lot at home. It's, it's bringing up a lot of conversations yeah. between the two of us because I, 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 who knows how Kit will turn out, you know, that, that I think does is kind of saying things about, you know, his sort of sexuality and oh, he's going to meet so many girls and he's going to be such a heartbreaker. And you hear it a lot. I'm like, he might be a heartbreaker, but he also, might be a heartbreaker to he might he might choose to be gay or he might you know it's it's like we just don't know who he's going to be so let's not put anything around him which might make him think he has to be a certain way let's allow him to be free to his heart and let's let him choose yeah nailed it that that's that that's everything for me really like because i I, like there is this is a this is a challenging conversation to have but i do think a lot of Unfortunately, a lot of our bias comes from a space of parenting, not wanting our children to grow up being homosexual. We have this perception of that this beautiful, they're going to have grandkids and they're going to have a lovely relationship and not this ideal perception of what society takes us on. And, you know, at the slightest glimpse that actually they might not be this perfect picture of what we've got for them, like covers us in fear and we think unconsciously can we i'm going to steer him i'm going to steer him to be a real lad and he's going to have loads of girls like and that's going to he's going to be this guy and then he's going to choose the perfect princess and he's going to be successful and they're going to have the house safe great perfect princess (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) totally (laughs) totally and um and if we can just like whether it's boy or girl or whatever it's it's not raising a child who you think they should be it's raising them to be who they want to be and if mm. you raise them to be who they should be, fine, great. They might tick some of the boxes that you, you've you got for them that society might say is great. But if they're not complete in themselves, if they're not aligned to their truth of the person that they are, they're never going to live a happy life. Yeah. And I, I still have it now to the point that with my mum, she's still, she's always, I mean, quite rightly, to be honest with you, but she's making comments about my hair all the time. And I, I say, mum, I'd, I'd almost actually quite like to um, to create this this image of like a long hair and a big beard and kind of this sort of old school kind of caveman appearance is something that I'm kind of toying with, whether or not I can do that. I don't know because my facial hair is pathetic, but anyway, <laughs> it's a dream. Um, it's quite good, I think. It's just looking quite good for you. It's getting better. It's getting better. Yeah. But um, but I'm like, well, mum, and, and my mum is horrified. She's like, oh my goodness, Ben, this is absolutely shocking. It's like, this is a major problem for her in her life. And I'm like, mum, what about if you, I was like, how would you like me to have my hair? She's, she, this bear in mind, I'm 39. This conversation is still going on. <laughs> she's, she's still got a strong opinion on it because she wants me to be, pre- represent her parenting to her friends. She wants her to be able to, her, her friends to be able to look and go, this is my son. This is what I've produced. And it's like, Mum, the best thing that you could ever give me is allow me to be who I want to be, not who you want me to be or to look how you want me to, to look, because that will never allow me to be happy. But to, to allow yeah. me to be to shape the person that I am and express and for you to be accepting and loving me regardless of whether that fits into your perception or not. Yeah, it's so good. I love that. It is. And I think, you know, like, like you said before, it's, this isn't like a blame thing of like, you know, our, our parents have done all these things wrong because no. it, they're kind of natural feelings that you want to protect your children and you want the best for them, right? What we think as the best, you know, you want them to have these things and you want them to grow up. And I guess we just need to rewire how we think um, in order to do this for our kids and just let them be who they want to be, you know, like... It is tricky, isn't it? We want we want our kids to be safe. Ultimately, that's that that's like the main goal: safe and happy. But how we get there is is the challenge. Yeah, and George, you and I had a chat the other day, didn't we, about um, something that happened at Axel's school when um, we I think you found out was Axel did somebody 
push him or someone who punched him at school like um a lot I think quite quite often like they've been punching him or saying they were going to punch him or whatever yeah and he'd mentioned it a few times and we've kind of been like all right okay well don't worry Axel like you know not everyone's gonna like you doesn't matter just just walk off tell the teacher you know like all those things that you say and then it got to the point where my husband was like no he needs to punch him back he needs to punch him back and I'm like, no, 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 no. He doesn't need to punch him back because we need to teach him that two wrongs don't make a right. And, you know, it's not the way to behave and he needs to tell the teacher. And he's like, but it's not working. And you know what? Part of me felt like, do you know what? If he did punch him back, he probably wouldn't do it again. But then... Is that the right thing to do? Is that the right thing to teach them? Because we do, like we say, just because one person does one thing doesn't mean you have to do it. And then we're completely overriding that by saying, well, he punched you, so punch him back. I don't want him to do something because someone else has done it. Um, I do want him to stand up for himself. (laughs) I was hoping you weren't going to ask me because I'm like, it's so hard. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's so hard, isn't it? Like in an ideal world, there could be a civil conversation that could explain, hey, you know, it hurts when when you punch me. I don't really like it. And for the other child to understand that, I mean, the likelihood of that is pretty Mm. minimal. But you would hope that there could be some kind of mediating without bring it like you say two wrongs don't make a right and then if you punch someone back you don't know maybe that that's if you have no idea what's going on at home for that five-year-old yeah just doing this thing it might be normal in their life you don't know which is not his fault of course mm. you know he's he's not asking for that so you just don't know and if you punch him back is that going to provoke more or is it going to I just it's so difficult yeah. and this is I think this is a big part of this conversation that again that there are not going to be right or wrong answers to all of this and there is no definitive clarity that when this happens you do that in response and we have to accept that we're going to make mistakes and get it wrong what i would always just do is lean in as a as a as a as a parent for me i'm not a parent and that's i think that's really important to to explain that i don't i don't have this education in in personal experience but i want to lead from my heart i want to lead in in, in what is what is my truth inside of me that i i know rather than what my ego tells me which might be like you do that and you make them wrong and we'll like fix this sort this out you know and, and kind of have this different different energy so i will try and lean into what what feels right inside of me in, in, in the truth of of coming from a place of, of love which i know can sound perhaps a bit cheesy i guess is there ever an um a situation where you can teach your children that actually they need to protect themselves and look after themselves and if somebody does punch them like what are we saying if somebody hits them are we saying you're not allowed to hit that person back. Is that the message at yeah. home? Or are you saying, um, because because then at the end of the day, they are completely open at whatever point during their childhood to receive a hit um, or hits of various people and not be able to defend themselves. Yeah, not even physical and hits. Not, like, that's what I mean. Like, Yeah, yeah exactly. Physical, yeah. emotional, whatever. I think you mm. need to arm them with that. We were talking about that resilience. But then really what we're saying is they've got to be in an environment where they have the emotional maturity to be able to gauge what is going on here. And it's not just, you know, masculine men, full steam ahead. Oh, I'm going to, you know, oh, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm here. Blah, all this sort of, this overriding, like, bubbling of the male ego and the male energy which um they're not tapping into any of the feminine are they at that point they're just leading with that when you have to be able to balance it out and that's the tricky part yeah I mean so do you I don't know if you remember this but I remember this so well at school 
comments around I don't even know who it came from but obviously probably some family member or something how boys would just sort something out with a few yeah. scuffles in the playground and girls were the bitches right yeah. oh my god and it was almost like it was better <laughs> to just sort things out with a scuffle in the playground and then it's done as opposed to you know all the all, all of the, the bitchiness and the co- yeah yeah but actually I think what we've learned from that is that girls stereotypically are better at talking and so talk their way out of all their problems and they talk to their friends about their problems and ultimately they you know maybe grow up to be a bit more balanced and in touch with who they are as opposed to men who just go into the go into the playground like, and, and, and fight yeah. and never talk about it it's so difficult isn't it i i think that the the um that the important part or the healthy part is to be able to because anger is a, is, a, is a natural thing right and and, and we're going to ex- we're going to experience it and we don't want to nullify we're not trying to just you know create men who just are you know totally emotional and just go around crying all the time because things hurt them and 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 that's kind of that it's not that we're not there is a healthy balance to this and we want men to be warriors as well as lovers we want them to be to be both but i think it is a case of trying to understand how can they express their anger in a healthy way you know how can that be done can and and communicate you can you can express anger through communication you know actually what but again it needs you to tap into what you feel you know rather than us say you've hurt me we we would show them that they've hurt. We're hurt by an, by an aggressive act. Um, uh, there are ways for channels, to, like for, for boys, to channel their their pain. You know, like perhaps through sport. And can we can we show them that, like, if if there is, if you're hurting, like, let's go and run and let's go and jump and crazy and shout and express and like, you know, put some music on and like, wow, just like shake it out. You know, when you see yeah. like animals, like they shake out their emotions. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that if I'm if I'm feeling anger, I have to go and punch someone. Yeah. I think we had Victoria Shalit, didn't we, on the podcast though. We were talking about relationships and she said that she lets her son punch a pillow. <laughs> like go in and just let it out and punch a pillow because you can't squat like suppress anger, but you just need to know how to channel it. And that's like that's the way obviously she she, you know, tells him to do it. Yeah. And I, I do like think that. about that sometimes. I'm yeah. like, Oh yeah, it's quite a good idea. Yeah, or like Ben said, you know, maybe go for a run yeah. depending on the age of your son or you know, it definitely works for my husband. Like if he's ever a bit edgy if Dawson's a bit edgy he just goes out and does some exercise and he comes back in he's a different person because like you said Ben you cannot have anger without happiness sadness without you know joy it's light and dark it's shade isn't it you need all of it all of it makes us who we are I think it's just about making sure they channel it in the right way and then kind of moving from you know the boys that we're raising to the the boys and the men that we're married to if you're in a same-sex um relationship and you're listening to this um Sometimes it's very difficult to communicate with our partners. And I think Georgia and I definitely struggle with that. And that whole, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus <laughs> statement is very true yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, is it that difficult to talk to a man, Ben? It depends really, doesn't it? I guess like what I can do is try and give a perspective of where men come from. Um, because we do, like men and women tend to come from different places. Men are much more rational and logical, which obviously serves us, you know, and, and let's, let's also put some perspective. Men and women or the masculine and the feminine energy come together and complement each other. One is, 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 has a certain skill set and the other doesn't, has a different skill set and that you bring the two together and you've got one who's very logical and rational and very aware of, and, and very present to, to security and how, how we can, uh, uh, remove ourselves from danger and keep ourselves on the on a, in, a, in a healthy safe track and the other one is very good at nurturing providing love and tenderness and security not to say they both can't do both roles but one they 
tends to be a, a slight lean in, in one direction from both parties and you put them together and you've got a full package right um so we do tend to communicate from different places one one is a bit perhaps more tender and the other is much more rational and logical and as men we find emotions un unrational we often we can't understand but i think for me like all of this we we, are, we have become terrible communicators it's much easier because of this whole perception of emotions are difficult and men don't want to deal with sadness we don't want to we can't we can't fix it we can't oh, where do i go with this because there's so many different parts <laughs> in all of it already but i think it starts from a man's perspective if there are any men who are listening we have to learn to just to hold space and for allow to women to express their emotions to not judge them to not try and fix them to not to not work them out but just allow and, ex- and allow that the partner to, to 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 express what's inside of them and hear it and try our best to just understand it not change it but just understand where they're coming from and why they feel like how they feel and then from there with that understanding we can have a very different conversation so then from from a female perspective in, in communicating with a man it's it's understanding that the the man thinks it's its job is is to fix whatever is going on it's just just to change it it's to solve it it's to make everything better and, and safer so if you're saying you're feeling down our natural inclination is like okay well what can i do because i don't want you feeling down how can i fix you how can i change that and then if we can't if we don't know how to fix or change it it's like uh abort like get me out of here like i'm demasculated <laughs> pull, pull pull the ripcord go yeah, go 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 yeah, yeah i'm out like it's because because we were like demasculated in that moment it's like i don't know i, I can't provide what i meant to provide can't fix it. i can't fix yeah. you like yeah. and men just need to learn to soften and listen and be present you know which is a healthy masculine trait too we think it's all about fixing it's not it's about being present when we're integrated to our heart as well that now we can soften and listen and sure if they then say to us as a female like or we can ask them as a man would you like me to try and help with this or do you just want me to hear you and just yeah. understand and and sit and, and if they say i just want to be heard right now i just want to express this i don't it's nothing like majorly wrong as such, but I just, this is how I'm feeling. And I'd love you just to know that and feel that so that we can connect in that space. And then he can do that and he can then ask, well, would you like me, me to try and help with this? Is there anything that I can do? And if you say no, like it's fine, then then it's okay. Just hold me. If yeah. it's like, yeah, actually, like I need to try and do things, but it's like, okay, well, let's work out a strategy. How can we start with this? Let me, let's, let's get, let's get into this when you're ready. And now we're starting to be a team again. Um, but that requires vulnerability. Men don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to sit in the space if we don't know the answers. We, we don't yeah. want to like explore, be curious, listen. And also share. I think men really struggle with the sharing side of things. Um, Georgia and I often have chats about if we've had a fight with Doz Lad or Judgy James, uh, you know, we'll phone each other, we'll phone our best mates, we'll pho- I'll phone yeah, you. And then exactly, I say to Dodza, yeah. who have you spoken to about this monumental moment in our relationship where we nearly walked out the door? And he's like, haven't told anyone and I'm like you haven't told anybody you haven't shared that with anybody you haven't gone to anybody for any advice you haven't shown no just got on with it and I'm like how is that how is that remotely healthy yeah I don't know I'm not saying my way's right but I feel like if you hold on to all that stuff where does it go I agree and also like you say so we phone our friends we phone each other and and I do think you can't expect to get everything from one person right you can't you know one person can't solve everything for you so there are things you go to your friends about and like I think that's nice like it's nice that we have that but so many men don't have that outlet they don't have their friends that they can go to and then it's it's really it's so difficult and and yeah like you say so you want them to talk to other people but you can't 
I don't know. How do you force them to do it? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's their please friends. Please talk to your friends. <laughs> coming to them and saying, can, can, can I give you the space to talk? And, you know, maybe they their friends need to know that they they need to be there for them. Because I, I think men, well, answer the question, do men operate in a space, Ben, where they don't have those conversations with each other in a group? Yeah, like we don't want to be weak. We don't want to say anything's wrong, you know? And, and also we come from a space where we know, like men can't hold space for each other. So if if we do express it, the, the guys will take the piss out of them, you know, hold it against them forever, take the piss out of them. Always remember that moment. Remember when you did that and the whatever, uh, yeah. or, or or like just a ball and change the subject to football because we can talk about that or something else. And it's like then you don't feel hurt and you're like, I just tried to say something and now I just feel even worse. I feel like I've been judged and whatever else. So so like it's easier for us just to go. Do you know what? I'm not going to go in that conversation because then I don't, I'm not judged. No one thinks I'm weak. Everyone just thinks I'm cracking on and that's great as a man. So like it does, from a male perspective, we've got to learn just to hold space, not to judge one another, like for, for having a bad day or an argument or to, to get something wrong, to, to fail in business, to do whatever and allow. And not, that doesn't define anyone. It doesn't, it just means that's an experience they're having in that moment. So yeah. we like, but then if, if we, as you say, we can't force men to, 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 to you know, you can't, push them out the door and say, go and have a conversation with their friends if their friends can't listen. What you can do is is at least allow the space yourselves as women to, um, for them to talk to you and express, and again, like from your perspective, hold space for them and, and not trying to judge them, not, to, not to, to make them right or wrong, just to have some understanding that they do see the world a bit differently to you and, and just allowing, allowing them a safe space that they know that they can express whatever it is inside of them to you. Um, now it like c- communication is as much about hearing as it is about expressing and both yeah. partners just really creating a space where really all truths, all, all, all your, all everything like is welcome between you. There is yeah. no good or bad or right or wrong, but let's just, let's go there. I'm, I'm ready and I'm willing to take whatever you've got and to hear it. Yeah. Oh, you're so dreamy. Oh, it's not amazing. So, yeah, he is. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Do you know what? It's so it's so funny like, what you say because so often like I'll have a, a, a meltdown for like you say like two minutes and all I want James to do is be like oh are you okay all right that's fine and then it's done like th- that's it like <laughs> like I don't need any more than that but explaining that is the hardest thing and now I think I can explain it so thank you <laughs> oh that's amazing we need, we need to you. do another podcast on um how to talk to the men in our lives in whatever capacity that looks like with Ben because I feel like we've covered we've done there's so much still that we need to talk about but yeah we've been chatting mm. for an hour and we've got to go um, um, I know but I think ultimately I don't know about you Zoe but what I'm going to take from this is to teach Axel to communicate that's that's that that is that's going to be the learning that he just to say what he thinks and say what he feels and I know that he can always say that to us so and keep yeah. keep instilling in them that strong and strong and vulnerable kind and and brave soft gentle loving all of every single range on the emotional scale you can show you can live you can be you know all of those things we just got to keep going with it and That's we'll just it. get Ben on on speed dial if we ever need to. Yes, again. please. <laughs> you know, I love that. I love these conversations. I love listening to you, Zoe. And I love, you know, this is this is what I love to do. So it's like speed dial me up. And um, for anybody listening that wants to get in touch with Ben, he is Naked Professor on Instagram. So send him a message. This is just the, this is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what he can do. There's so much more. 
So yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> now you can tell why he's my like go-to person. He gets me on the phone all the time you can imagine if there's one argument in the house I get in the car and call Ben going we've had another argument can you help me do you know what though it does like it does make me think I think it's good for men and women to have a friend like that of the opposite sex who can almost like translate do you know what I mean like if James had a really close girl mate he's got sisters but I don't think they really have that relationship you know who could kind of translate how I was feeling? I think it would help him. And I think I would benefit from it. I have got guy mates, um, but I don't think they could help me <laughs> in the same way. No, no, no. And I <laughs> He's think, special. And actually, I think um, I sometimes say to Dozza, you know, you know, who who are you chatting to about these things? And, you know, do you have a female in your life that you can run these things past? And apart from one uni mate that he's got called Lydia, I don't think that he's got that female touch. Um, yeah. You know, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> I fucking hope he hasn't got the female touch. But um, I really hope he hasn't. You know, I, I think it's really important to get a perspective because what I find really irritating about you know certain aspects about my relationship with Dozza or the way that Kit responds sometimes or whatever um, I then speak to Ben about it and um, he gives me that male perspective and it changes my view yeah. and it lets me see a different side of things so I really think it's beneficial a lot of people don't think I don't know how do you feel about having male friends and have you got have you got any yeah I have but to be like I don't know if it makes a difference but they're gay I don't know if that makes I don't know. Does that make a difference? Probably not. They still, you know, still can see the same, you know, the yeah, same of course. side of everything. Yeah, of course. You've still got that male um, energy, but it's maybe yeah, again yeah. slightly different. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think I did have a lot of male friends when I was a bit younger, but then as I've obviously moved away with James, I don't know, does it become weird because they then get girlfriends and they haven't seen me, you know, like I haven't mm. been around all the time. So then is it, I don't know. I, I actually now don't see it. Obviously, I think it's great to have um, like mates who are both sexes, but, mm. and and it is actually something that I will highlight the importance of yeah. both Axel and Gigi. Like I yeah. really will, like it is so important, but I think it's sometimes really tricky to navigate, especially when you like I've been with James since I was really young yeah um and so I think you kind of step away from having those relationships when you're young because you don't know how to how to deal with them I guess like I don't think James is really friends with any I think no I say he's not he is he has got a couple of um girl mates that he went to school with that he does you know chat to do you Um, get jealous not no but I think I probably would have you know 10 years ago do you know what I mean so then yeah it's, a, I, it's I, I think I probably yeah. expect quite a lot from Doz in terms of his being okay with with the amount of male energy that I have in my life but I um I'm always obviously always very respectful and I always communicate with Doz who they are and Doz knows all of them and mm. you know but it but it is something that I've always had and I think because I sit very much in the feminine with my like calm kind of gentle nurturing side but I do have a lot of alpha and I do have a lot of that um sort of masculine energy as well and so I find sometimes I find men easier in certain situations yeah. or at least no, I find I, it yeah. interesting to get their views on life because they do think they are completely wired, they're wired completely differently um but yeah, this this is another topic, I think, actually. Yeah, no, it <laughs> it's is. It's really interesting. It's, yeah, it's, it's funny. Like, it's one of those things that, 
Yeah, I think, like I say, I will instill that into Axel and Gigi. That is really yeah. important to hold on to those like friendships. Yeah, definitely. Um, because although they can be tricky in your like teenage years and stuff. Yeah. I think it's invaluable as you get older like to see both perspectives and also not even just male female perspective just getting perspectives from different people like on on your relationship how you act on how you know you you raise your children Mm. I like I like to be I like to get all the information and then I'll do with do Do with it what I do what I choose yeah exactly yeah exactly oh well I do I like to hear from people so yeah it was brilliant I loved it and uh, we want to say massive thank you to Ben for coming on and being so wonderful Um, as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast Um, you can also follow us now there's a little follow button which you can tap Uh, and if you could just please tell anybody that you think isn't listening to the podcast to give us uh, a little listen that would be amazing as well we just want to spread the word as much as possible yeah and I was reading the reviews earlier and oh my gosh so so many good ones so thank you but if you have got any like constructive feedback or things you'd like us to see more of then do please just drop us a DM we're on at made by mummers we're always looking for new ideas like how we can make this better because essentially this is for you um and we'll be back on Friday see you then Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.